podcasting from a sex writing cave from somewhere in the middle of the internet, this is The Smut Lancer, a weekly podcast where we discuss creating content about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smut Lancer podcast is hosted by me, Kayla Lords, and Molly Moore. We're two sex bloggers who have more ideas than time in the day. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smut Lancer podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a break. Show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your smut lancing career to a new level, join the Smut Lancers community on Patreon. For as little as $5 per month, you can ask questions, get answers, and interact with an entire community of other people who do what you do and want to get paid to do it too. Head to patreon.com slash the smut lancers to learn more. inside baseball here uh the internet uh universe <laughs> seems to hate us today this would be what the third yep. or fourth try of recording this episode yeah uh it's me kayla lords uh one half of the smut lancers podcast with as always my favorite favorite part of the month is when i'm with my best good friend molly moore how the hell are you molly i'm okay it's hot sultry hot here in the uk which makes me super super happy it's like a special treat um yeah, not quite Florida, but, you know. Yes, and I can tell you, one, you like heat. We've talked about this before. You, I do. You like hot temperatures. And also, you don't, I think, spend enough time in them because what I, I don't think sultry. I think boob sweat. Um, I think uh, crotch sweat. <laughs> I think, yeah, but I'm a Florida girl who is here for a lot of reasons, and the heat is not one of them. That's okay. One of these days, the world will stop being on a pandemic-level fire. You will get to travel. You will come to Florida and soak up all the heat, and I will gladly have you here soaking uh-huh. up all the heat. I am fucking so ready. <laughs> I am ready. Like, I, I couldn't be more ready unless I actually packed a bag. <laughs> yeah, don't do that yet. But the day will come. The day will come. Uh-huh. I have to believe that. You have to believe that. We believe that. And then one of these days we'll record one of these from the same room. Yeah. And I don't know if the world can handle that, but it's okay. It's going to find it's out. It's going to find out. Exactly. Okay. So we are here for our monthly Q&A mailbag episode. Let's get into the questions. The first one I am going to uh-huh. throw to you as the organizer of the current organizer of the sex bloggers top 100 and that is what are some of your favorite oh sorry let me back up let me back up i'm all like out of i don't know how any of she's this works. ready to go ready to go and i'm not even giving credit where credit is due this question comes from the social justice witch on twitter at justice underscore witch so molly what are some of your favorite examples hmm. of well done and effectively laid out smut sites so one of the things I'm going to start is to say that this is quite subjective. And it, even like when it comes to the top 100 list, I've always said this is my list and it's based on criteria that I've published. But it's still what I, I can only be, there's a certain amount of subjectiveness to it because it's like what I think. So um I would say that, you know, you should think about this, answering this question yourself as individuals. Like, what is it that you like about different sites and how they work and layout and stuff? But one of the things that for me, um, and certainly when it comes to top 100, is how well can you navigate it and find other things, which is something that Kayla and I were literally just talking about. So that's a big thing. Um, But I think there's just ease of use and then 
how it looks. And sometimes the people just seem to marry those two things up really well. And I think when you marry those two things up really well, then you're like, oh, this is good. And there is one of those sites that jumps to mind is Floss, which is flossdoeslife.com, but we will link in the show notes. And they were actually the number one spot on the top 100 last year for a very good reason, because they scored really highly in all those different criteria from content through to how her site looks. And I would say she's done a really, really good job of marrying those two things up together, how you get around it, how you never go it, how it feeds you and encourages you to click and link and explore from one post to another. It like draws you in, in a, this way where it kind of like offers you as you get to the end of something, it goes, Ooh, you sure you don't want to look at this one, baby? And of course you quite often do because that catches your eye and then you're on to the next post. So I think Floss has done a remarkable job on in the answering this question if you asked me if i could only pick one as an example hers would be the one i would pick um as just doing a really good job in that way i think it looks good it looks clean it looks professional i want to use that word classy but then you'd ask me to define it and i don't really know what it is but it just it, it just does it presents her work really well. It kind of captures Floss and who she is and her content. And it's easy to navigate. And it does all those things really, really well, in my opinion. She's worked hard on it. She's thought about those things, I think, from looking at it and created something that really works couple of others I would mention at this point who I think is worth going to look at who I personally think have done very well as I said if you ask me for one it's going to be floss other people I think have done it fairly well as well is I would say Quinn Rhodes who is on Queer Street um also I think has done a very good job too and um Violet who is actually loveviolet.com I believe She's fire and honey. I think her is, URL is, she, is, is, that right? is now Violet Fox. You're right. It's, it's right. You're right. Her URL is Violet Forks, but at the name of her blog when you get there is Love Violet. Um, and she is fire and honey on Twitter. Also, I think, has done a very good job. Um, those are just some that spring to mind. I'm not saying that other people haven't. I'm just saying that they, like, if you're asking me for some examples, if you said send me some examples to look at, those would probably be the ones that would jump to the top of my mind as places to go and look at. But it is subjective, and that is they've done stuff when it. I think it looks good, and I think it works well. And for me, it's the combination of those two things: the looking good and the working well. That it can you can navigate it. It encourages you to stay there and encourages you to click on other things. That's my answer. I have nothing to add. Um, that's that is. The ex- I agree with the examples. I think they're great sites. And also that is how I view it too, that the layout is the, the look and feel is subjective, but it's really about navigation and can you get around and does it make sense? And, and yeah, so I'm not going to, not going to add anything to that. The next mm-hmm. question, actually we received while we were recording last month's Q and a, and it just sort of missed the cutoff, uh, comes from Quinn at, at on queer street. 
Uh, do you have any tips on cutting back on luxuries when you're starting out freelancing or wanting to live off the money that you're making from your smut lancing? Additionally, how do you deal with any guilt that you might feel when you spend money on something like Starbucks that you quote, could donate to charities? And of course this question came at the, the start and not, I wouldn't say the height, but definitely right in the middle of the, um, protests that were going on, uh, here in the U S um, for black lives matter and against police brutality. And of course, donating to things like Minnesota freedom fund and other charities and other organizations since then is definitely on a lot of people's radar. So the question is, you know, how do you, how do you cut back on those luxuries? But then if you're going to spend on those luxuries, how do you deal with the guilt when you know you could use that money to donate to causes that are important to you? Um, I have a couple of thoughts. I don't know how helpful they are. <laughs> One is I don't believe you cut, if you can, if you have the option to, I don't think you cut every single luxury out of your life. I think that's not really living. Mm -hmm. um, I have found that if I budget in, you know, my, my earliest days when we didn't have hardly anything, I wasn't making hardly anything. If I budget in a $5 Starbucks spend in a month, that felt good. And I didn't feel so deprived that I had, mm -hmm. I was walking around going, what am I even working for? Sure. What is, what's the, what's point? the point? I'm doing all this work and there's nothing for it. And I still, I struggle with two extremes. Either I don't want to spend any money on myself, although I love buying for other people. It's, I just enjoy it. And then I go the other way where I'll, I'll overspend because I can and too much online shopping. And that's where I've been for a while. And it comes from if I've deprived myself for too long, and I've told myself I can't, I shouldn't, not even a little thing. Um, I, you know, it would be irresponsible. And it's not because I would not be able to pay the mortgage. It's just I've, I've convinced myself that that $5 spend is too extravagant. Um, then I'll go the other way and I'll overspend. And then I'll regret all of my life choices because I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? That's not healthy either. So it's finding that happy middle wherever you are um, at an income level that allows you to feel like, what the work you're putting in to earn the money has, it feels good. And that, that level will be different for everybody based on your income level and based on your situation. So for some people, that'll be a $5 spend. And for some people, it'll be a $100 spend. Um, I do yeah. think it's important to budget those things in and account for them. Um, and when to the best of your ability, say this is an important enough thing that yes, it is a priority I'm going to spend on. As for the guilt uh, my thing would be, I don't think there's any perfect answer. I think we're all going to handle this differently. Um, if you feel so guilty, you're losing sleep, then why not split, let's say your Starbucks money. Maybe it's $10 a month. Well, could five of that go to your Starbucks and five of that go to a charity that you want to donate to? Because every dollar amount, uh, uh, every dollar donated counts at whatever amount that you're giving, you're helping somebody. So could could that be a way to alleviate that guilt or this month you'll donate but next month you won't and working that in so that you do what you feel you need to do to support the causes that matter to you but you don't deprive yourself so much that you're then miserable in your own working life and and wonder what you're working towards those those are my initial thoughts do i think that's the perfect way and the only way no that's how i tend to view it do you have any thoughts on that molly um no i think the only thing i would add is that um, there is the saying that charity begins at home 
And whilst it can, it's actually quite a problematic saying and it has been used in ways that are clearly not uh, hugely positive, I also think there is some um, elements of truth to it that are worth thinking about and that giving to charity or organisation, whatever you want to call that, um, is definitely something to aspire to and to want to do and those are all good and positive things but i don't think that if it's detrimental to you to do so that it's actually become it's not therefore then a good positive thing even though you may well feel that you're helping others if you if it is detrimental to you to your safety and well-being because you don't have the money to live um then i think that that's when you set that aside for a time when you can better afford to do those acts um of um philanthropy shall we say um clearly obviously then you know if you're saying oh well you know starbucks is a we're just using that as an example but that's a luxury that you could go without is it though is actually having that thing whether that's starbucks or whatever somebody's thing is whether it's your glass of wine a night or your whatever that thing is if that's something that helps you to function as a human being in a way that you are feel better about stuff you just feel a bit happier you feel more able to do the things that you need to do then actually i think you shouldn't feel guilty about your we're using starbucks as the example your starbucks because it's not it's not a frivolous thing if it's actually helping you to function in your everyday world and so I think that there has to be a balance there and I think if you are on a limited income or you are in a situation where you are working perhaps freelancing and money is uh, income is not linear so some months you're doing more than others I don't think that you should feel guilty about saying I'm not going to give any money this month but yes I still get to have my Starbucks if that is helping you to function and be happy and do the things that you need to do to live so i think there has to be a balance i think you have to everybody has to find that for themselves what that is but i don't think i don't like the idea of that uh don't by the way that's not i didn't mean that in a judgy way i mean that in the caring way that i worry that um taking too much guilt on about saying you know what i buy a book every month or i buy a starbucks or i buy my wine or whatever i think we all need to do that and i appreciate that some people just absolutely don't have the ability to do that and so giving money allows that to happen but i think if you give money to the detriment of the core things that you need to function then I don't know. It, then it becomes detrimental to you whilst... Yeah, it's really complicated, isn't it? It becomes detrimental to you whilst being positive to someone else. But I just... I do think there has to be an element of self-preservation and self-care 
in how you approach life because otherwise at the end of it as Kayla said you get back to that space of like what's the point do you then become potentially does that not help with perhaps your if you're in a situation where mental health maybe is an issue or even health other other types of even physical health if that's do though does it have issues there like it's a very complicated thing but i do think that's being saying i need these things even if some people would go well that's a frivolous thing is like well it might be a frivolous thing to you but it actually helps me function on a day-to-day basis i hope that makes sense and to me it does and i hope it does for quinn and anybody else listening and the other thing i would remind you is that there are so many ways to support causes that matter to you that don't involve money um quite frankly so many people donated money a few weeks ago that some organizations are trying to grapple with how to actually spend and deal with all of that money so right at this moment as you may be listening to us they might actually be flush with cash and what they really need is for you to sign a petition what they really need is for you to talk about the issues to the people who yeah. will listen to you and those things are as worth or if they're a local charity maybe they need physical help maybe they need somebody to help deliver stuff for exactly you know working in especially in this country the whole working in charity shops is a huge thing where you can give something that's not your money but it's a little bit of your time obviously coronavirus mostly they've been shut but that's changing and so that's something to think about like actually could i do one afternoon a week in my local charity shop I'm giving of my time, which is easier than just giving of my money because money is is much more limited for me. So I've got a bit more time, but less money. Like that's another way of giving something. So those things are worth thinking about and considering. Like, could I do something more practical to help? Exactly. So, and then my belief, one, specifically to Quinn, because... I know Quinn, but also to anybody who's in that position where you're you're just starting, you're not you're making if you're making anything at all, it's very little, and you have dreams and aspirations and you're feeling bad because you can't do more. I firmly believe figure out your path, stay on it, work it, work it hard, you will get to that point of whatever that is, and then you will be in a position to donate money. I am in a position to donate money. We donated in early june or did we donate in may and i need to talk to john brownstone about either finding another organization to donate to on a monthly basis or setting up even if it's a small amount a recurring donation that i don't even i just put it on auto because then i don't think about it because it is something i can do where i can't always give a lot of time because i'm in the position to do it now but me of eight years ago as a baby blog a sex blogger and me of six years ago as a baby freelancer could never have done that but i can now so it that's the other thing is to remember you might not be able to do it today you might not be able to do it yet but if that is something if financial donation is important to you for the causes that matter to you realize that there could very well come a day when you can and that's when you that's when you do it and until you can, you find other ways, even if it's just lifting up the voices who are talking about the issues or signing the petitions or volunteering or something that's not money, but time and attention. Those things are valid too. So hopefully that helped, uh, not just Quinn, but anybody else who might have had that thought. Let us get to, we have one more question. It's it's an important, well, they're all important questions, I think. Uh, it is an important 
question and I but there are no easy answers as always uh this one comes <laughs> from Julie of a master's pleasing bitch uh on Twitter her handle is uh at mpb Julie uh my question is how do we navigate the minefields of sex gender race ethnicity and as Julie says anything else that she may have forgotten a positivity so sex positivity uh the Af the the inclusivity I, I would read that as is being inclusive uh so how do we navigate those minefields and how can we help existing and new bloggers navigate through that without appearing to control what they, their output friendship to so i i read that as we as the people who've been here we as the sex blogging or smut lancing or whatever community how do we navigate those things and how do we help people who are new or who may be new to the conversation, even if they've been blogging for a while without appearing to control, you know, how people act, what people do, all of that. Uh, Molly, what are your thoughts? So how do we navigate the minefield, the first bit? I think that only um, the, the uh, my answer to that first part is to um educate yourself as much as possible listen to people in those marginalized communities make sure you're seeking out their voices make sure that you're reading their content whether so, from all those different backgrounds as judy she wrote sex gender race ethnicity within and and then she's put and anything that she's forgotten um so on a personal level, as you, as an individual, that would be my answer is that you, to do that work, whether you are a marginalized, in a marginalized community or not, whether you, or whether you are or you aren't, to do that, to educate yourself around all the different issues surrounding those different areas um, and how they are often intertwined as well. And also think... Um, I think about for me how all of what we write about about sex about bodies about gender about our own experiences I have seen people saying I don't you know I'm not a political person I don't you know I don't really follow politics I don't do this I personally this is just me that's them that's you that's up to you but I um, can be confused by that statement because I think all this subject matter is political. Um, it has all been polit politicised. And so I think that understanding that and what that means and why that is a the case, I think is important. So I think doing the reading, doing the research, educating yourself as an individual around that concept that it's all political why that is and in what way that you know, every political decision may you know all the ideas around you know just for just one example would be contraception and um abortion just that is a hugely political topic and so if you aren't educating yourself about in what way it is political and how that affects you as an individual all of us and even more so than marginalized communities like I think that perhaps you're missing a large chunk of the conversation and understanding the nuances of the conversation. So educate yourself 
is my first thing. You you have to do the work. You have to go and find those people. You have to read widely around all those subjects, whether that's, excuse me, whether that's people's blog posts, whether that's books, whether that's mainstream media or all that. I just think that's the work you have to do. Um, the second part of it, how do you help existing new bloggers? Bloggers, not bloggers. I'm not quite sure what a blogger is. Um, it's a little bit more complicated, I think, or can be. But my answer is really by doing the thing that I just said, doing the first bit and having those conversations openly and sharing stuff that you found and engaging in those conversations, sharing the knowledge that you've discovered, I guess by modeling is essentially my answer. And so modeling on your behavior, um, on the, what you write about, on what you share, on what you believe. Um, because people have to make their own decisions and pathways and should be, in my opinion, doing what I said they should be doing to answer the first part of the question. And maybe if you are creating some kind of content that helps them to do that, then you can provide them with knowledge that will help them hopefully come to conclusions that are positive, sex positive in the wider sense of that word, that they learned, that they learn from you and they learn from other people in the community and they educate themselves. And I think lifting up people's voices who are marginalized, sharing posts, sharing articles that you read from people in the trans community or people um, of color or um people um there's a lot of people writing about the issues surrounding um weight and be and being fat and so raising up those kinds of voices encouraging that open conversation to talk about you know about health rather than uh whether you're a good person or not if you're you know if you're overweight so there's all those topics that can be explored and so I think for me the second part of the answer is just doing the portraying yourself as somebody who's doing the work sharing your knowledge writing about stuff if you can if you feel that you have something to add to that conversation and if not if not then raising other people's voices who are speaking about it so you know if you're not a trans person you can't speak to their experience as a trans person that doesn't mean you can't raise up their voices and encourage people to read their stories of life as a trans person and i think that there are ways of doing that that are really positive and um there actually was a simple sunday this week where somebody had who uh, said that they weren't a member of the lgbt Q plus um, group but that they were definitely an ally and that they had friends and family who were and then they went on to write a really good post where they basically wrote saying here's other people that you should go and read about these subjects they're saying important things around this subject and I thought it was a really good post and it was by Discovering Kink we can link it in the show notes I just thought it was a good way of 
sharing that information and knowledge in a way that wasn't, I don't think personally, preachy or it was very much like, here's us, here's our thing. This is who we are. Go and read these other people. It's really important was basically a summary of their post. So those kinds of things, I think, are ways that we can do it because you cannot um, manage people's responses. They have to cut, They have to do the work. They have to learn. They have to come to their conclusions themselves. All you can do is perhaps offer them as much information as you can to help them to learn if they're open to learning. You keep saying things where I have nothing to add. I think the only thing I would add is if you are listening to this and you are a person who um, maybe is starting to feel a little uncomfortable that maybe you haven't said anything or maybe there's more you need to learn and you feel a little uh, lost and what and I don't know. If you happen to be in that camp, the probably the thing I want to say to that person and to all of us who are friends or acquaintances or colleagues with that kind of person is you are going to feel really uncomfortable. You are going to maybe feel bad about things you used to do or think in the past. You are going to, it. the process of educating yourself and unlearning things that because of whatever amount of privilege you might have, I say that as a white cis, I mostly kind of straight. I still need to work on that one, but I have all that level of privilege. And there are a lot of times that as I'm learning about what other marginalized communities go through and how I may have done something in the past that looks, was not good. It was, it was absolutely a part of that sort of, of marginalizing those people and, and, and not being an actual ally. It's an uncomfortable feeling. And I, absolutely recognize the wanting to push it away and not think about it and it's too hard but that's lazy that's the easy way out that is your privilege on full display if you feel like you can ignore these things because they don't actually matter so as you go through that part of navigating that first part of julie's question of navigating these things recognize you are going to feel uncomfortable because you are going to have uh -huh. to unlearn some things. And when I, for me personally, when I feel that discomfort, I do not share that discomfort with the whole world. The whole world does not need to know how this white lady feels about things I might've said or done or believed in the past about people of color. Like that, no, that's centering myself in the conversation. I go away and I talk to people I trust and I have, those are the DM conversations. Those are the talk to like your best friend or your close partner or your whatever to deal with that. And then you come back and you do better. So then the second part of that question is as you go through that process of educating yourself and sitting with those uncomfortable feelings and figuring out where you went wrong in the past and what you're gonna do differently, then you start to do your best to do better and be better. Understand you're going to make mistakes. You're going to uh, not say the right thing in the right way at the right time. And somebody's not going to like it and somebody's going to be mad at you. And that's part of it. That is part of this process. But if your end goal is to truly help create a community, whatever kind of content you're creating, whatever kind of smut lancing you do, that is inclusive and diverse and safe for people in marginalized communities 
to be part of it and that's what you want, then this is the work that has to be done to do that. Um, I am still constantly doing that work and I'm still constantly figuring things out and I'm still constantly seeing where I fucked up in the past and can do better now. Um, that's just, that's part of the human experience too. So for anybody who maybe is taking this on board as a person who knows you need to do more work, that, that would be my message to you is get really comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's, it's Mm -hmm. how this goes. So, uh, Wow, we, we maybe we should have started Yay. with a big important question. I don't know. <laughs> okay, um, that is it for us uh, this week and this month's Q&A mailbag. You are free and welcome. And we want you to ask your questions at any point. Uh, slide into our DMs, email us, use contact pages on the site, all of those things. Um, and if we can't... If, most questions we put in the mailbag, but we sometimes turn a question into a full episode. Anytime you hear us answer a question and it sparks another question, feel free to reach out because um, that means that there's more to the conversation to be had. Um, and yeah, so I, that's it for us in this week's mailbag. Uh, next week, it is me, myself, and I all by myself. I will be very lonesome without Molly. Um, but in a couple weeks, we'll be back together and that is all that matters. So we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smut Lancer podcast. If you like what you just heard, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and check out the blog, past episodes, and other great information at thesmutlancer.com. You can follow the Smut Lancer on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. It's at the Smut Lancer in all three places. Or follow Eroticon on Twitter or Instagram at Eroticon UK, all one word, Eroticon UK. For more tips, tricks, and help from your fellow Smut Lancers, join us at patreon.com slash thesmutlancers. Thanks for listening. Let's do this again next week. Mm